1: Hello, hello, and welcome and welcome, boys and girls, children of all ages, to episode number 76 of the Stardom Cast. I am your host, I am your friend, I am part of your family. Well, you're part of my family, at least. I am Matt Turner, and we are coming here from you live from my daughter's little art room over here in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day. Hope everybody's enjoying these phenomenal five-star shows. I hope everybody's enjoying all the other wrestling and whatever that you are watching. I hope you're being positive. I hope that you're writing down your goals. You're crushing your goals. And remember, we got to be better last week than we were this week. I'm excuse me. I can mess it up. We got to be better this week than we were last week. And we got to be better today than we were yesterday. And we got to be better tomorrow than we are today. Remember folks, it's all key in being positive, you know, positive mindset, positive attitude, and just trying to get a little bit better each day. And we will get there together. Now, before we get to the crux of this loaded, loaded, fun podcast, just a quick programming note. I literally waited until the last possible second to record this, to send it off. My man, the uh, editor-in-chief in charge, Mr. Sean, and um, the uh, the show for the 14th wasn't uploaded all the way. was not uploaded all the way, just four matches, so I'm not going to do a uh, half a show review. So what we're going to do is we're going to review the show on the 11th, the uh, fantastic show in Cork and Hall. We'll review the show on the 13th, and we will preview the big pay-per-view this weekend. Stardom X Stardom 2022, Electric Boogaloo. I don't think it's called that, but hey, put that on a t-shirt, Rossi Ogawa. Send me 10%. And So then next week, uh, the next week's show is going to be an absolutely loaded, loaded show because we will review the show on the 14th, the show on the 20th, and then the pay-per-view the next day on the 21st. So there will be three shows to review for next week, And I'm just, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are more educated on stardom than I am. And I appreciate all the help that you give me to make this podcast better and just make me better. But I just don't know why. And if you know the answer, please let me know. Uh, you know, DM me Matt Turner OF on Twitter and or the Instagram. I don't know why that the that the stardom doesn't have a live streaming service. Like, did they sound like a four or five year contract a few years ago where they're kind of just stuck like on a website? Like this day and age in 2022 where everybody, you know, has kind of their own live streaming platform I mean, I've been on shows in front of 60 70 people where they're able to stream live on Facebook and you know I have friends of mine that own and run IWTV hey Jerry how are you hope you're doing well miss you and they do very well with their streaming service and I mean I'm not the smartest person in the world but I have a feeling that bushy road, probably has a little bit more money and stardom's probably making a little bit more more money than IWTV. I, I could be wrong. So everybody just knows what that answer, you know, so this way, I just don't know why, what the delay is. I probably, since the beginning of this, this five star, I probably talked to 12, 13, 14 of my closest friends. Uh, and I am lucky that I have a lot of really good friends both in and outside the business saying that they were kind of looking to get into Stardom, but one they don't have an app and just everything's just on such a delay. And a lot of uh, these folks, friends I talked to, they have the New Japan World and, you know, Peacock for the WWE app. You know, you can kind of just live stream everything that's on there. So, uh, I mean, obviously, by no means am I here to bury stardom. I think they are hands down. I say it all the time on this podcast and social media. They are hands down the best wrestling on the planet. Not just the best women's wrestling on the planet, but overall the best wrestling on the planet. I mean, it's just absolute joy to watch uh, these fantastic wrestlers do what they do. But if anybody has an answer on why they don't have a live streaming platform, please let me know because I'm, I'm just curious. So, okay, enough with that, enough with the ear beat. Let's get into the uh, these shows. First of all, we go to Corkin Hall on the 11th of August for night number five, or for all you Roman numeral fans, night, night number V. And this show took place almost in front of 1600 people. I have not seen Corkin Hall this pack in many, many years. And we're still kind of in a clap crowd. I know I listened to a podcast with Kevin Kelly, who's um, over there. I think it was the Wrestling Observer he was on. That he's over there right now doing the uh, the G1 as that's getting ready to wrap up. Another that's another solid solid uh, tournament that they have going on over there. And he said the clap crowds are just about ready to come to an end. And you can tell that the uh, you know here in Cork and Hall they were making a lot of noise, you know, with their feets and the clapping and whatnot. So hopefully pretty soon we'll get the uh, you know, the Audible Mayus and Tams and Azumis and, you know, Cherie's and whatnot and hopefully some streamers as well. So I do have to say before I dive deep into this show, this is one of the best wrestling shows I've seen all year. And just between what Stardom has been able to put on, what AWs put on, even some of the latest WWE shows and uh, New Japan shows as well. There's been some fantastic wrestling going on this year as we're eight months into the year. And this to me is, might be my front runner for show of the year. And, folks, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I've seen a lot of wrestling going on in Cork and Hall. Uh, In my fandom between All Japan, New Japan, Dragon Gate, uh, the New Japan Ring of Honor shows, and Stardom as well, I would really have to sit down and comb through some of the top shows in the history of that legendary building. But I think this might be the best show I've ever seen in Cork and Hall. Yes, that might be recency recency biased. Like I said, I would have to sit down and uh, really, really comb through it. But this is just absolutely phenomenal. And if you're listening to this and you have not subscribed to Stardom World, again, I, I probably sound like a broken record. You know, it's less than seven bucks you get this show, plus everything else. So, I mean, just well, well worth your price of admission. So, let's get into it. We will get into the Blue Stars Block Match, Match 1 of 11 so uh we're gonna be here for a little bit but this was just like i said solid show uh hanan versus Amisori, sorry coming in with two points hana has the big goose egg hana again she comes out super super aggressive right out the box you know we saw that in the first two matches with sayakama and mayu i'm really liking this new aggressive side of hana hana uses the uh, judo throw and some uh, to go into that inverted standing triangle with the uh, leg lace that she's been using not only as a submission but as a pinfall attempt as well Really enjoying that. I, again, I don't know the uh, technical name for that hold. Hopefully, we will get some sort of fancy name, as we know that Stardom is always terrific at uh, naming their uh, you know their finishing holds. Um, we got a nice little form form versus chop fest. You know, Hana throwing some really really good forms, and of course, Ami Saori throwing those Kenta kabashi like chops. Um, obviously, Ami Saori wins that. Uh, Ami stays on Hana. She puts up. She gets Hana up in the torture rack is able to roll that into a knee bar um, and almost gets Ami to tap here. And the crowd at this point is really, really hot. I mean, first match, you know, you're kind of just a few minutes in. They're really, really behind Hana. They kind of want to see, you know, the smaller and younger um, member of stars here get the upset win. As Ami uh, works her way back up, Hana stays aggressive on her, hits her with a rocker dropper for two. And then um, Hana comes off the ropes and does not defend herself as Ami her hits a series of different lariats. The Blue Thunder Bomb, which Hana kicks out for two, but Ami stays on her. Hits the Tornado Brain Buster for three. Six minutes, 17 seconds, solid opener. Crowd was really into it. Three and a half stars. We move on to match number two, the Red Stars block, as we see Himika, who had four points going in. Going up against Momo Kogo, who has a goose egg as well. Very, very similar to uh, the first match. You kind of have the bigger, more experienced wrestler against the, you know, the younger person. Um, in the uh, you know in the match that has no points going in, and just like what uh, hana did the first match, Momo does in this match. She jumps Himika right out the uh, the get go, hits a series of drop kicks. She goes for the six one nine, gets caught. Um, but then Momo is able to counter a lot of Himika's offense with her kind of you dabbling into the high speed stuff again. I would love to see a rematch between Momo Kogo and uh, Azumi, or just maybe Momo Kogo and Starlight Kid, and like maybe a seven eight minute high speed match. Um, so really digging what she's doing with their offense. She uh, gets the head scissors six one nine springboard drop kick for two. She gets a quick near falls on uh on Himika, but then she winds up eating a series of lariats and the JP coaster for the three count at five minutes and forty seconds. Uh, I said in this podcast last week was not a fan of how like Himika is just using the JP coaster as a transition move, and here it is next match she she gets it with the win. Momo Koga like dominated this match, like good on Himika giving Momo so much offense, and that just, just kind of just shows you. That she's able to kind of take a lot of the stuff that Momo does, and all it really takes for her to get a win is just a series of those brutal lariats and the JP coaster. So I really like the psychology of the match. Um, crowd, and I, I have a note here right after this match. The crowd is really into the show. I mean, they're just you're ready to go. You're eleven matches, there you're kind of figuring that they were going to burn out. They didn't. I, but yeah, my note. I, like I said, I just have a note here. The crowd after two matches. You know, they're going to see a lot more wrestling, and they're really, really amped up as we go into match number three. Match number three sees Mei Sakurai coming in with two points, going against Saki Kashima, uh, who has a goose egg as well, representing the Red Stars block match. Saki gets an early advantage with a mix of strikes and high-speed offense. Um, they kind of just go back and forth with uh, with their forearms and their kicks. I was a big fan of how Saki Kashima is really bringing her striking game into um, this uh, this five-star Grand Prix. We've seen her display a little bit of that with uh, her championship SWA match with Tekla. I think I even said, I think I even told Rob Goodwin, how you doing, Rob? Hope you're doing well. I know you're listening. I even told him when we reviewed that match that Saki's got a lot of really good strikes, you know, between the the forearms, the uh, the the show tie, the palm strike, and her kicks. And she doesn't use it that much. And we've we've seen her use it here and uh, and you know, we'll talk about it in the next uh, the next show as well. So um big fan of that. Hopefully she keeps up, especially with those kicks. Uh, I think it really suits well for her offense. They kind of go back and forth trading their near quick falls as, you know, Maipai is the master. Yeah, Maipai. My Mai Sakurai is the master of the Maipai role. Saki Kashima obviously is the master of the most deadly move in all professional wrestling. Kishi Kasai and uh, Saki Kashima goes for the Kishi Kasai. Gets reversed, gets countered to the Maipai roll. We got this baby done in three minutes, 50 seconds three stars, solid, you know, it was pretty much non-stop the entire, you know, less than four minutes that they were out there, and with these two you know they can end it at any moment, so they're doing a really good job getting Mike Sakurai's uh, fancy flash finisher over, um, as she can kind of hit that out of anywhere, kind of very much similar to Saki Kashima, so this was really smart booking on stardom, they didn't need to obviously with 11 matches, and with just, you know, last five or six matches, just bombs being thrown the whole entire time that uh, you didn't need to go along here, and I thought the, the finish was really smart. Really, really, really good match. And again, Crowder's really into this. And that one, that will take May Sakurai up to four points. I don't think many people had her going, you know, past two, three, or even four. So here we are. We're just still in the early stage of this tournament. She's already at the, the four points. I think next year maybe we'll do like an under-over. Like, you know, we'll, 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 have them, we'll have people maybe pick uh, what the under-over on a certain amount of points for a certain amount of people will be. So I think that would be a lot of fun. So we go on to match number four. We stay in the Red Stars block where we have Saki, just uh, just Saki, capital S, capital A, capital K, capital I, um, from Colors, the Colors Cosmic Angels uh, duo. She's coming in with four points, and so is her, her opponent, Kogama, one half of the uh, of FWC, one half of the Goddess of Stardom champion. So, excuse me, Saki has two points. Um, spoiler if you didn't see the show, she comes out with four points. Uh Koguma uses her high speed offense early on to get the first advantage of the match and the crowd is really behind the, the bear dance and Koguma's just somebody that's consistently over no matter what she does. She's a phenomenal wrestler. She's just so infectious with the crowd, with her smiles, and the way that her crowd psychology the way she portrays her character, especially towards the kids. You know, she does a really good job getting her character over. And that bear dance doesn't matter. Mean it doesn't you know matter if she's in the ring with Shuri or if she's in the ring with the Zumi or she's in the ring with Saki here. She gets that bear dance over. And the crowd really, really gets behind her. Uh, Koguma comes, um, gets a Koguma cutter for two. Nice strike exchange between the two of them. Saki uses this big downgrading boot. It's like weird how she throws this like running kick. And there's a lot of people in starting to use the Yakuza kick or, you know, the big boot or, you know, the Mafia kick, whatever you want to call it. Like Saki like throws it almost on a downward angle. She kind of makes it her own, which I really like that. Um, she gets the momentum back with that, uh, the big boot. Uh, some near falls back and forth, and then uh, Koguma goes for the Koguma roll. Another one, another one that's using those fancy roll up finishers. Um, but she gets caught and she, uh, you know, basically gets stacked for the upset win. I was a big fan of how uh, Koguma sold it. Like, really, that was three. I was going for my shock finisher, and my kind of my, my own momentum fired back on me. And hey, that happens from time to time. This one got done in five minutes, 59 seconds, three and a quarter stars. So these first four matches are going really quick. They're all nonstop. Really good psychology. They're not losing the crowd. Again, really, really smart booking on stardom. And that takes Saki up to four points. We go to the Blue Stars Black, where we have one of my favorites, Sayida. Poor Sayida. Zero points going to this one. And she's going up against the leader of her faction, the icon of stardom. Everybody's favorite, Mayui Watani. She's coming into this match with two points. Really solid, good back and forth action to start uh, between the two stars members. Um, Really good, really good job setting a pace uh, here early on. Really good, you know, job between both Mayu and Saya sucking the crowd in, you know, getting them going on that emotional roller coaster. Um, Saya Ida uh, follows up, or excuse me, Saya Ida gets an advantage with uh, some chops and she hits the, uh, the, the Ida rock really early on, the diamond dust. You know, shout out to Masada Tanaka, one of my favorite ECW wrestlers of all time. Um, big fan that uh, that she's using that that hold, but she hit it, like, really early on. Almost like it got like, a good transition. So, you kind of figured right from here, they're kind of just going to just blitz this one out, and they're going to go all out, and they sure do. Uh, Mayu uh, counters, uh, count, or ducks a few chops from Sayida and she fires back with some really stiff forearms. And we saw this last year. You know, Mayu was always a really good, really not good, but like above average striker. And then she brought her striking game to a whole new level at last year's five-star, especially with the kicks this year. She decides, I guess, just like Masato Tanaka, she wants to throw some really, really stiff forearms because, boy, she wasn't holding back on Saeeda here. She was really laying her stuff in. She winds up hitting a desperation super kick, create a little bit of space because she just ate all those chops and the Ida rock. Um, She hits the uh, she hits a buzzsaw kick and a crucifix bomb for two. And then Mayu hits a super kick to the front and then one to the back of the head. I thought that was great. I thought that was fantastic, just the way that Saya Ida, Ida sold it. Then Mayu picks up um, Saya for what everyone probably thought was going to be the two stage dragon suplex. But instead of going to the, the dragon suplex, she locks in a standing dragon sleeper uh, for the tap out win. We haven't seen that. We've seen Mayu use it from time to time. We haven't seen her win too many matches with that hold. But I thought that was really good, especially the way that that match built. And then once Ida hit the Ida rock, it was like Mayu knew she was in trouble. So she went to some of her desperation moves, some of her big moves to put Saeed away. Five minutes, four seconds, three and three fourth stars. Again, these two have a phenomenal match in just over five minutes. It's just amazing how great of a story these stardom wrestlers can tell in five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes. It's you know, just fantastic. And, of course, crowd really, really into that finish. Match, and that takes, uh, obviously, poor Saeed stays at the goose egg. That takes Mayu to four points. Match number six, we go to the Red Stars block where we have Yunagi, who another one that has a goose egg going up against the World of Stardom champion, Shuri. Um, Shuri uses her ground and pound style and kicks to uh, basically just kick away and just chip away at poor Yunagi, really early on the match. looks like she was just going to dominate this and run away with this. But Yunagi hits, uh, uh, the two of them wind up wrong on the outside. Shuri goes and runs at Yunagi. Yunagi catches her in a Midnight Express-esque flapjack that suri takes right on her face on the apron I thought that was really good and that's basically how Unagi gets her advantage in um Unagi hits a cold breaker out of the corner for 2 one of her signature moves we've seen from time to time she hits the shell shock into the ropes I thought that was really cool and then she she gets really aggressive and stays on the champion and she hits another one in the, in the middle of the ring for a 2 count Sherry fires back with a big release german suplex uh Unagi comes back briefly with a few yakuza kicks but Sherry hits uh, one head kick and then followed up by two buzzsaw kicks for the win. This thing was all action nonstop. Uh, they did a good job uh, having Yunagi fight from uh, behind and then hitting one of her signature moves two times in a row. throwing those Yakuza kicks because you know Shiri's going to eat them and she's going to give you a receipt. She sure did with those uh, two big head kicks in the finish. Three and three fourth stars, nine minutes, 51 seconds. That takes sherry up to four points match number seven this is where we really get going i mean i thought this show was pretty solid you know pretty solid cooking along pretty well um again nothing's no waste of time here but this is where we really really uh you know fire things up here sorry i had to get a sip of water there for the working man we go over to the red stars block where we see the high speed champion azumi with two points taking on the former number one contender for the world of stardom champion and somebody who will be challenging for the for the goddess of stardom champion this week, the one and only Miss Tam Nakano, who comes in at two points as well. Right from the start, Tam goes to high speed. You know, she basically goes hold for hold, move for move with Azumi on the high speed offense. That's something that we really haven't seen much from Tam lately. So I thought that was really cool. Azumi gets the advantage and uh, goes right to the outside um, with basically, or she sends, excuse me, she sends Tam to the outside with her high speed offense um azumi hits that big dive where basically tam and then the cosmic angels are kind of in the corner and then azumi runs off she jumps up in the corner and she basically like she's gonna fall back i really think she does it on purpose to add to the drama of the dive and then uh she basically jumps on on uh, the entire uh faction of tam and cosmic Angels. So i thought that was really good throws tam in the ring goes after tam's arm makes sense this way tam can't throw the suplexes and a lot of azumi's offense the azumi sushi and the numero uno uh, and the arm bars are based on the arm. Really good psychology, throwing the psychology aspect in after they gave us a little high speed. Azumi and Tam, uh, trade. Uh, they wind up going to the apron. They take, they trade strikes on the apron, which I thought that was really cool because at any moment, anyone can bump to the floor, so you have that danger aspect as well. Um, Tam hits a cutter off the apron to the floor. There's the danger aspect right there. You weren't sure if, who was going to go down one of those strikes, and both of them go down because Tam decided we're both going to take this bump obviously azumi takes the worst uh, of that bump you know eating the floor face first uh very very brutal um tam uh, hits a running knee and a german suplex in the ring for two and then tam uses the azumi sushi on azumi i thought that was cool it's like you know the beginning of the the psychology of the match was like i'm gonna i'm gonna trade high speed for high speed with you she kind of lost a little bit there but it's like you know i'm gonna use your own hold against you like that's just like So disrespectful, but in the coolest way. Uh, Azumi kicks out for two. She hits the spin kick and the violent shooting for another near fall. Tam sets Azumi up for the violent screwdriver, but Azumi counters out, trips Tam down, hits the double Azumi Sushi for the win. Seven minutes, 15 seconds. I see many people have this in their top three or four matches of the tournament. The fact of how great this tournament is, and this match took seven minutes and 15 seconds, is just a credit to how great Tam is how great a zoomy is uh and i can't argue uh, i'll give my top five again when we get done with the, this you know at the end of the pot or excuse me probably before we do the stardom x stardom review and uh this might be in there I, I still don't know i'll have to take a just a quick glance but i see a lot of people have this in the top three or four and again it took them a little more than seven minutes to do four and a half stars just absolutely fantastic absolutely fantastic just back and forth just non-stop action the psychology was there they took this thing to different levels with the danger with the bump on the, the, to the floor and the fact that Tam just wanted to be so disrespectful and try to beat Azumi with her own hold. But uh, in the end, it comes to bite her in the ass as Azumi is the master of the Azumi Sushi. And that takes Azumi to four points and Tam stays at two. We move over to the Blue Stars block match as we have tag team partners going up against each other as we have Momo Watanabe coming in with two points versus Starlight Kid with two points as well. And the two of them shake hands beforehand, but you know there's going to be some chicanery as Ruwaka trips Momo. But then uh, she sees Starlight Kid figures that Natsator is going to do the same thing, and she takes uh, Natsator out, just because I guess uh, Ruwaka and Starlight Kid are part of like a young Oedo Tai. So Starlight Kid outsmarts uh, Momo t- by taking out what well, I guess is still the leader of Oedo Tai. I don't know. To me, it's still Momo and Starlight Kid. But regardless, of course, the two brawl on the outside. Uh, Momo gets the advantage with a series of brutal, brutal kicks. Starlight Kid hits an arm drag off the top rope, followed by the shotgun double knees. She goes for a moonsault, but Momo gets the knees up and then hits the Meteor. At this point, the crowd is really, really coming up for this match. Starlight Kid fires back with a flurry of offense, but Momo stops her momentum with the B driver. Momo, dastardly Momo, the thing that I just, I'm such a big fan of Momo, but I hate it when she does this. She pushed the wrench in her kick pad against her own tag partner. Figured, you know, maybe we can dodge this one match, I guess not. She misses three times, which I thought that added to the drama. Like she went for one, ducked, went for two, blocked, went for three blocked. I thought that was really, really cool how they did that. Um and then the one time, uh, uh the last time, again, you're building up the spot. The big third kick, you know, the third time is not the charm that uh Starlight Kid catches Momo's leg, puts her in the ankle lock, and then transitions into the Black Tiger leg Crusher Submission. I thought that was a great fallacy. Um Momo gets to the uh, gets to the ropes. Starlight Kid stays on Momo. She hits the moon selfer two. Momo hits back with, a, she winds up uh, getting back on her. She gets a kick to the to Starlight Kid's back, follows up with a Tequila Sunrise for two. Uh, Starlight Kid counters the Bastard Driver with the Momo Latch. There it is, folks. I said it. The Momo Latch on Momo. How about that? Uh, well, she, excuse me. She goes for the Momo Latch, but if anybody's going to know the counters of a hole that has her name, it would be Momo. Momo stops the Momo Latch and cradles her for two. Uh, she goes for the Peach Thunder, and that gets countered into a roll-up for two. Then Momo quickly gets up, hits the punk kick with the wrench on uh, poor Starlight Kid's head, and then hits the sickest peach thunder I've ever seen the former white belt champion do. I have this at four and a quarter stars. This one got done 10 minutes, 53 seconds. And then they shake hands afterwards. It's like, well, Momo kind of cheated. But I guess, you know, Starlight Kid did as well. I mean, they are part of the heel faction, but uh, fantastic match. Just great chemistry between these two. Uh, this was This was terrific. Absolutely terrific. Speaking of, and that will take Momo to four points. Starlight Kid's still staying at two. But again, there's four quarters in a football game, folks. So this is a long, long tournament. Money, many more matches to go to make up some uh, some time and some points. But one person, that's uh, two people, actually, that uh, this next match that are wasting no time getting out the gate with this one. We have Natsupoi from the Blue Stars, four points, and Nozuki, four points as well. Uh, again, this was just, this was fantastic. Um, they start with some high speed to start. Hazuki crashes and burns early on the dive as Natsupoi just keeps drop kicking Hazuki pretty much up the old aisleway in Cork and Hall. Um, they go through the aisleway, uh, Basically, then they like, brawl a little bit through Cork and Hall. Poi slams Hazuki onto the outside, and then she goes for the ferial gift off the apron, and she crashes and burns. So it's like you see Hazuki going for that picture perfect suicide dive in the beginning. She misses, and then uh, you can say, hey, it was way too early to go for that move. And Natsupoi goes for one of her big moves the Pharaoh gift on the outside. And she misses. And that was a big thud in Cork and Hall. Hazuki follows up with some signature boot scrapes. The two of them have a really, really good strike fest. Eventually, Hazuki gets the better of that. Um, she winds up getting the, uh, cotton, the inside cradle roll from Natsupoi that kind of go back and forth. That just, uh, you know, she kicks out of two. Hazuki palm kicks Natsupoi's poor face off. And then hits a series of stiff kicks. I mean, she just basically gets wrist control on poor Natsupoy and just does not let go on these kicks. If Toshiaki Kawada was watching, he probably would have said, God damn, kid, that's stiff. Because, boy, she was. When I saw the pictures of poor Natsupoy after this match. Oh, boy. She got messed up. Um, but Natsupoy, she, she doesn't go out without a fight. I tell you what, she's she throws some really good strikes, too. I mean, we've seen what she, she did in those series of TAM matches. She hits a series of, of uh, kicks, low spinning kick, and then four German suplexes back to back to back to back uh, Natsupoi tries to go to the top rope, but Azuki stops her. She hits a series of pump kicks that sends Poi crashing to the floor. Azuki fires Natsupoi back in the ring. She hits the springboard drop kick and the senton for two. Azuki wastes no time as she follows up with the Mijinoka driver for two, and, but Azuki's not done. She even signals the crowd, no, not yet. She picks up Natsupoi and hits the sheer drop brain buster for the win. 10 minutes, 55 seconds, four and a half stars. So we had the first series of matches. I had like pretty much three and a half to three and three fourths. And then we have these, you know, the back half of these matches are going between like four, four or and a half stars. Just a really good way to peak this show. And this crowd is super hot. Absolutely fantastic match. Match number 10, the co-main event. We go back to the Red Stars block as Risa Sarah representing prominence, coming in at four points. And Yutami Aishista, the leader of Queen's Quest and former champion, coming in at four points as well. Really nice shoulder tackle exchange to start. Uh, Risa focuses her offense on Yutami's back. Risa pretty much dominates a good portion of this match. Just, you know, constantly dropping her, you know, with body slams. You go ahead, she does the big swing um, on Yutami That they, It's funny because then they show, like, Lady C on the outside. Like, what the heck? That's my move, ma'am. <laughs> uh, Risa hits two air raid crashes for two. Yutami hits a big uh, release German suplex followed up by a series of lariats for two. And then Yutami follows up with a hijack bomb. 10 minutes, 26 seconds. Their psychology here was really, really good. Because very similar to like Momo Kogo versus uh Micah match, where it was like the stronger opponent the stronger wrestler, you know, in the sense Utami was kinda getting dominated, but just showed they only need just that small window to capitalize on thing. And that small window was um was uh Utami being able to throw that German suplex and then while Risa Sarah was kinda groggy, hitting a series of lariats and then while she was down, time to put her out. So I really enjoyed it. Three and three, four stars, enjoyed the psychology. Enjoy how you me had a fight from, you know, underneath, considering the fact since 2020, since winning the five star two years ago, she's pretty much been a staple, you know, even before that. But she's pretty much been a staple and a main eventer here at Stardom. And here's Risa Serra, who's only had a handful of singles matches in Stardom. So they did a really good job, you know, showcasing how great she is by really dominating 75, 80 percent of the match. So it just goes to show the fight very much like Bret Hart, you know, in the 90s. You know fighting from uh from beneath that, that you know that it just shows that how good my opponent is but i can be just a little bit better as we get towards the uh the deep waters of the match so excellent stuff from both ladies there and we move on to the main event when i found out this was the main event i was like really momo starlight like kid not supported zuki like this is the main event but boy this did not disappoint we go back to the blue stars block match where Suzu suzuki uh, is having her first match of the tournament she was, she missed the first two shows. Uh, I believe she was sick with, it. I think she had COVID. I think that's, that's what it was, or if it wasn't disclosed. So, Suzu Suzuki obviously has zero points coming in. It's the first match going up against Mirai. Uh, Marai obviously having a bomber of a night one and two by beating Mayu and Julia. So, she comes in with four points. Soon as the bell rings, the forearms are flying. Uh, Suzu slams Mirai off the top rope onto the apron. Suzu misses a four, uh, the two of them brawl on the outside. Uh, Mariah sells to the corner post and uh, Suzu goes to throw a bomber of a forearm and she hits her arm off the post. And there is the, the seeds of the psychology of this match. Um, Mariah has now found an opening starts to work on Suzu's arm. Suzu creates superation and hits the Josie dropkick, that flat back drop dropkick um, off the top rope. Back to the strikes we go with these two ladies and they don't hold anything back. Obviously, we know Mariah is one of the best strikers in stardom. And uh, Suzu Suzuki's not too far behind. Excellent, excellent stuff with these two going back and forth. Uh, Suzu decides, I really can't really strike with my forearm because I pretty much just bent it off the ring post. So she winds up stopping the form exchange and decides, let me use some sick Katsuhori Shibata-style headbutts. Those were absolutely brutal ringing through Korok and Hall. Mirai winds up giving the advantage back by hitting a vicious lariat and goes right to the double wrist lock. Suzu escapes and hits a super kick and German suplex to create some separation. Really good job selling at this point from Suzu Suzuki as the crowd is really, really coming up. Mirai fights, the the, uh, fights through the pain. She winds up getting Suzu down with a Fujiwara armbar. Suzu comes back up. Or she escapes the Fujiwara armbar, but she eats a big lariat for her troubles. At this point, Mariah decides it's time to finish the job, picks up. Suzu Suzuki and the fireman's carry to set her up for the Mira Mirai shock, the move that brought her this year's Cinderella Championship. But Suzu escapes, hits a big German suplex, one of her go-to holds, one of her fishing holds. Oh, and here's the genius of the psychologist match. She can only hold on to one arm because of her hurt arm. And that is able for Mirai to not only kick out, but when she kicks out, she grabs the free wrist, locks in a double, locks in the double wrist lock as Suzu keeps fighting to go to the ropes. But Mirai knows how to drag her opponent back into the ring by using her foot to create a roll and then uh, to uh, reposition herself into the double wrist lock. And this is sold perfectly for a very, very, not a very, very, but a long, long time. The point where it's uncomfortable for the ref. And at 13 minutes, 49 seconds, the ref had to stop it. Uh, So the winner goes to Mirai. She advances to six points. Four and a half stars. Another absolute banger. Fantastic match. This is again. This is one of the best wrestling shows I've seen, top to bottom, this year. One of the greatest wrestling shows I've ever seen in the historic venue that is Corrigan Hall. Absolutely fantastic. There wasn't a single dud on this show. The matches that were short, that needed to go short, went short. They gave the you know final four or five matches the time they needed to for their. um, to sell, tell their stories and i've seen a lot of people saying what their favorite matches were from this show let me know what your favorite match was i'm going to go my favorite was Suzuki and not but this main event and the azumi tan match are like like a close you know 2a and, and 2b but uh absolutely fan and momo and starlight kid was fantastic as well so excellent excellent show kudos to stardom almost 1600 people in cork and hall on a thursday folks unbelievable Oh, you know, I'm not going to say unbelievable. It's believable. I mean, this is the best wrestling company in the world. So night number six, this took place August the 13th. Not to be confused, with Friday the 13th, which I heard the rumor they're making another one. up. That's neither here nor there. So we go into a four-way tag. We see the uh, kind of odd couple team of the eel and the bear, Yunagi and Koguma, take on the team of Mariah and Amisori, representing God's Eye taking on the team representing Donald Del Mundo of Himika and Julia, and taking on the team representing Queen's Quest of Lady C and Utami. In the beginning, pretty much everyone does the bear dance, and I guess that was a good way to get the crowd going because that's pretty much the first thing that they saw, and the crowd was pretty much into this entire show. So, you know, good way to uh, start with that one. Uh, <laughs> so the bear dance gets going, and then Utami, Ami, starting and Himika are like, let's get serious, and they get some serious with some three-way shoulder tackles back and forth. Just to see, you know, who's going to break who. Really good strike exchange with Mirai versus Julia. And then we get a chop exchange with Ami Sorry versus Lady C. Uh, the Bear and the Eel, they work well together. They work really well together. But at the nine-minute mark, Lady C is not paying attention. Himika gets the school boy slash girl on Lady C. A fun match. Again, nine minutes, you have eight, eight people in here. This wasn't a, a match that was really going to draw the crowd. It was kind of something too... You know, wet the appetite just to kind of get them going and get them warmed up. Three and a quarter stars. You know, it was was fun. You had a little bit of comedy, a little bit of serious stuff in there. And then you had uh, Mariah and Julia kind of playing off their match from, uh, you know, from earlier on the five star. So, yeah, really, really good stuff. We go on to our first five star match, match number two of the show, Red Stars block match. We see Momo Kogo, uh, who poor Momo's coming into this with a goose egg. Versus the high-speed champion, Izumi, coming in with four points. If you do remember, not too long ago, these two had a show-stealing match um, um, for the high-speed championship. So this was very much, uh, you know, a, kind of a shortened version of this match. I absolutely loved it. Uh, Izumi dominates Momo with uh, some high-speed striking early on. Uh, Momo finally is able to counter Izumi's offense with their 619 variation as Izumi is on the second rope. Really liked how she kind of uses it. As not only the offensive hold, but the defensive hold. Like Momo Koga was doing a great job getting her version of the 619 over. Um, Momo Kogo's throwing some really, really good solid forearms here. I really like, you know, she's another one. Her striking game has come a long way in a short time. Uh, some really, really good stuff here. Good back and forth action uh, with some pin reversal counters. Um, we almost see uh, Momo steal one a couple times here, very similar to their high speed match. I remember uh, a couple times I kind of jumped out of my seat. I thought Momo wasn't doing the high speed belt and uh they almost got me one or two times here uh zumi does such a great job kicking out like a 2.99 and momo does a great job really holding the pin on you know until ads get broken so really really good psychology and uh you know pin attempts that really suck the crowd in uh excellent job um Azum- uh, uh momo goes for the nectar peach but azumi winds up countering it into the c4 uh, she goes for the c4 german suplex that gets countered but then Azumi winds up hitting a Karana in the ropes that spikes Momo right on her forehead. Azumi keeps the pressure on. She goes for the double stomp and she hits the newly named C4 German suplex bombs. Uh, excuse me, just the C4 bomb. But it's basically a late captured German suplex for the win. Six minutes, 41 seconds, three and three fourth stars. Momo Kogo, very much like Hana. Zero points. You know, may not come out of this with A whole lot of points really impressing me really impressing me and Azumi's just i mean she's fantastic you know one of the one of the wrestlers of the year one of the wrestlers of the year you just you can't deny it match number three sees uh we go to the blue star speaking of hana coming in with the goose egg going up against momo watanabe she's coming into this uh with uh with four with two points momo poor momo just picks hana apart with these brutal brutal kicks i mean she just really just stays on her just just almost like child abuse. I think I saw somebody put on Twitter, like just Han wasn't, I don't think she turned 18 until two or three, two or three days after this match. But I mean, Momo just really puts the pressure on, on, on Hana with these kicks, but is just she comes back with, uh, with some strikes and then just a few arm submissions. I'm really seeing a more submission grain from, from Hana here. And I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, Hana stays on Momo. She does this really nice uh, iron cross Northern lights. I thought it's very well done. She's perfect in the ring, perfectly executed. And a perfect bridge. Excellent there that she gets two. Hana goes back to Momo's arm, really keeping the pressure on. You know, I'm just, re- just desperate to get her first win here. She hits the rocker dropper for two. Um, Momo winds up coming back with a big head kick and the B driver for two. Hana, you know, gets a few near falls. Again, they do a really good job lacing in these quick near falls in this tournament in mm-hmm. matches. Momo hits another brutal head kick. She locks in the cross chicken wing. And Hana taps. And I've been saying this a lot. On this podcast, since I joined, you know, nine, ten months ago, whenever it was, has Momo ever won a match with the crossfree Chicken Wing? You see her use it to set up for the uh, the Tequila Sunrise, which goes into the Peach Sunrise. But I've never seen her win a match with the Crossface Chicken Wing before. And she gets it here. She gets it here three and three, four stars. Excellent, excellent match. Hana just continues to impress by working the top tier in stardom here in the Blue Stars block match. Obviously, she stays at the poor goose egg. But she did a really good job here. And the crowd was really into her comeback offense, you know, on Momo. They've really been to a lot of those near falls. So in the end, that's what you want. What do I always say here, kids, on this podcast? It's not who goes over, it's who gets over. And Hanna is definitely getting over in these matches when lose or draw. Well, she hasn't won or drawn, but when losing, she's getting over. Momo, uh, that pumps her up to four points. Speaking of four points, we go on to the Red Stars block match where we have Four points for May Sakurai versus four points for our World of Stardom champion, Sherry. Sherry just lights up poor May Sakurai right out the get-go with these back kicks. I mean, they were just brutal. And May was even asking for them. God bless her. May fires back up and is able to counter with a Yakuza kick and a few submissions. Uh, she hits a showstopper for two. Then she counters, or excuse me, she stays on Sherry with a Northern Light suplex for two. And then she goes for the diving elbow. I know the one that was the bane of this existence of this podcast just a handful of months ago, but she does a really good job working it. And, uh, you know, where she places it, places it in the match, I mean, by working it, that's what I mean, by where she places it in the match. And it looks really good, too. Uh, she does a great job with that. Uh, Shuri kicks out, too. Shuri comes back with a high-angle German suplex, basically, you know, taking out of her playbook from the uh, the show before. Very similar to Utami. Like, you notice when Yutami, she, uh when she needs to create separation, she either throws that lariat or she throws the high-angle German suplex. I guess, you know, imitation's the most sincere form of flattery between the two rivals of Sherry and Utami, So, uh, my, my my Sakurai winds up firing off the German suplex and hits the step-up step Yakuza kick, also known for you Masahiro Chono fans as the Shining Black. I like this, too. This was really cool. So, she hits the Shining Black, and Sherry sells right to the middle of the ring, and she sells on all fours, feeding in for the my MyPyro. And the crowd really kind of bit. So, I think some people thought that was going to be an upset win there. Sherry comes back up, fires off with a huge head kick, and the running knee buzzsaw kick combination for the three-count. Six minutes, 53 seconds, three and three, uh, excuse me, three and a half stars. And I noticed Sherry's winning a lot of these matches, not only in this tournament, but even before with uh, like that series of striking kicks and the buzzsaw kick, you know, very much like uh, like Jerry. So I think, uh, I like that. I like how she's using that big, you know, haymaker head kick as a finish because she is the most lethal striker in stardom. Well, either her or Momo. I mean, I guess different day, different answer, but I mean. You hit a series of strikes, and then you end it with that big buzzsaw kick. It's going to put you out for three, and that takes the champion to six points. We go to the Blue Stars block where we have Mina Shirakawa, who is having a phenomenal tournament. She's coming in at four points, going up against somebody that is absolutely running away with it, Mizuki, coming into this with six points. Really tight lockup to start. You no, know, I will always put that over. For all you uh, folks out there in the wrestling world that are wrestlers and trained to be wrestlers, Always start your match with a nice tight lockup. You'll get everybody in the front row sitting up just a little bit more at the start of your match. You'll learn your lockups. As uh, Hazuki hits a chain of body slams, and then she uh, Mina feeds to the ropes. She hits the signature face washes, and but Mina winds up firing back. She gets her first big strike of the match with that brutal spinning back fist. Hazuki, phenomenal job selling for these head strikes. I said all the time, really making Mina look like a million bucks here uh zuki hits a code breaker and then floats over into a cross face mina fires back with some solid strikes between the forearms spinning back fists, and the strikes this is really good i mean her stuff is just constantly getting better again we've seen mina put on social media her videos of training you know her striking in the mma gyms and they're really really showing here in this five-star tournament she's not taking this thing lightly uh these two just lay into each other and this crowd is really behind the two of them maybe a little bit more behind more behind mina i think because maybe they think that you know she maybe she needed to win here so uh, I think that the, that the crowds really, really, you know, uh, wanted to see maybe if there was going to be an upset if Hazuki was going to get her first loss. Mina hits a rolling elbow to the back of Hazuki's head and follows up with a top rope draping DDT for a two count. Huzuki fires back with a few pump kicks, uh, only gets a two count. And then Hazuki goes back to her, her uh, combination, her deadly combination. She hits the Mijinoko driver, followed up by the Brainbuster combination to remain perfect in this tournament. I was glad they gave this match time ten minutes thirty nine seconds three and three fourth stars another fantastic job and another phenomenal performance from the perfect Hazuki as she bumps up to eight points and is absolutely running away with this tournament not only on points but match quality as well I think the majority of people including me if the tournament was to end today would probably have her as the MVP we go to the co main event Blue Stars block match a rematch for well was uh, was for the World of Stardom champion. Chip just a few months ago. Obviously, it is a non title match because it is isn't the five star tournament. Natsupoy with four points versus the world of stardom champion, Sai Kamatani. Natsupoy again, staying is just reeping. Ever since Cos- she's joined Cosmic Angels, she's been a little bit more aggressive and she goes for a big dive early on, but she misses. And then Sai Kamatani tries for her springboard to her signature uh, dive, but gets cut off. So I thought that was really cool how these two really, really, you know, they weren't wasting any time, you know, but no feeling, out process here. The two of them go for their dives and they both get counted early on. Really, really good psychology. Uh, Yeah, we're off to a fast start. Fast, fast, start. Easy for me to say. Some heavy forms thrown between the two. Um, They wind up going back and forth. Poi winds up hitting a perfect fisherman suplex neck breaker. Perfect bridge on the toe. Reminding me a lot of Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning RIP. Just very well done the way she does that. She has uh, Saya right where she wants her. So she thinks she goes up top for the Pharaoh gift to try to uh you know continue the pressure on saya but saya gets the knees up saya hits the uh, double stomp and then a missile drop kick for two really good pace between these two really good uh you know they're not going too fast they're getting their selling in their facial expressions in they're adding in the psychology the crowd is really really up for this match really enjoyed you know the pace of these two sets uh side goes for the star crusher but not reverses it went into a german suplexes follows up with a pair of brutal stiff kicks saya winds up countering the uh, ferial blink into the i like i like that i really was a big fan of saya was kind of like on dream street after she ate the kicks and then Natsupoy sets her up for the ferial blink but as Natsupoy is going down for the roll you see saya trying to squat down showing her power and then you see her change her grip into the schoolboy suplex for two i thought that was so impressive styer hits saya uh follows up with a star crusher and hits an absolute perfect two cold scorpio-esque 450 fire burn splash for the three um nine minutes two seconds four stars my only complaint I thought that I wish this was longer I literally I couldn't write my notes down fast enough I literally had to go back and watch it again and again it took me less than ten minutes so it was like no problem I'll watch the, these two go at it again you know not you know back to back not a problem uh, so this was a joy for me to uh they were going so fast and so furious that I had to go back and watch it immediately right after it ended so No complaints here. Uh four stars is my favorite match of the show. Okay here, folks. We go to the main event in the Red Stars block match, as we see Micah still with zero points. I mean, I know she hasn't that many matches, so but still zero points here going against Saki Kashima with zero points. Now I understand this was Saki Kashima's hometown, but I don't understand why this was the main event. Figured it could have been either Mina Nizuki or Saya versus Natsupoi. it's not like that. I mean not like Saki Kashima is like a big baby face, you know. She's on the heel faction, so I kind of didn't understand that. If they want to put her in the co-main event, you know, that's fine. And I was kind of maybe hoping maybe you put saya Matani and Natsupoi in the main event instead of ten minutes, maybe give them fourteen or fifteen. Again, I'm not going to question what Siren's doing booking wise because they're absolutely crushing it. But uh, this one, I don't know. It just it just it just was in a weird spot to be in the main event, especially to follow Mina Nazuki and uh, Poi and saya Matani. But again, just fantastic match. Uh, this was a really, it was a solid match. Uh, Saki hits an early head scissors that sends Micah to the outside. These two brawl outside for a little bit. And then Mariah is able to use her Buzz Sawyer like power slam to get the momentum and to uh, stop Saki's on- early onslaught. Saki did a really good job. Again, I, I talked about it uh, just a few minutes ago with the, her striking and the kicks. You know, there's, there's really not much she can do power wise to Micah. So she really uses her kicks to kind of isolate Micah and to, to, get the, uh, to get her advantage. But uh, Micah winds up hitting a series of lariats and a big superplex. And then she kind of just slows Saki Kashima down with a rear naked choke. I thought that was really good, um, you, know, uh, uh, so, uh, you know, basically asserting her dominance. Saki winds up fighting back with a series of, of really good strikes between the, uh, the palm strike and the kicks. I thought that was really good to try to, you know, kind of get her win back. And, and while she's doing this, she's staying on the cell crowd is really getting into this, obviously, because you have the hometown hero of Saki Kashima. Micah winds up cutting off uh, Saki with a, with a superplex and a discus lariat for two. Basically, that's pretty much uh, Micah's go-home spot. You know, She hits the superplex, either a series of lariats, or now she's throwing in that discus lariat. So you figure the end is coming as she sets up Saki for the Mijinoka driver, but oh no, you know it's coming, folks. It gets countered into the Kishi for the one, two, three, 10 minutes, 18 seconds, solid match, three and a half stars. Again, I probably would have put this on a co-main event just because it was really, really hard to follow Sai Kamatani, not to so play. But again, I guess it's, uh, you're sending the crowd home happy even though Saki Kashima is a heel in the Big Heel Faction. It is her hometown. So uh, again, who am I to tell stardom what to do? Overall, another solid show. Like I said, folks, as I'm recording this, night seven is only a few matches in and i'm not going to i think like four matches in and i'm not going to review a half a show so before we get on up here out of, up here out of here i am going to give what i think are my top five favorite matches so far of the tournament and then what i'll do probably starting next week is uh, before the end of the show i'll give a block update on uh, on points where everybody's at again show just happened three days ago three, four days ago as of this recording. So I just don't want to put the uh, the points up when they're not 100% accurate. So I am going to go at number... Again, I am going. I don't have this written down. I'm going off the top of my head. Number five, I'm going to say Starlight Kid and Hazuki. Number four is going to be... Let's go with Mirai and Suzu. Oh, no, I'm going to go with Hazuki and not support. Hazuki and support. Number 3 would be Starlight Kid and Sayaka Number 2 would be Hazuki and Julia and number 1 would be Sherry and Utami. Again, this list may change hour to hour, but that is my top 5 for now. What's your top 5? Tell me what uh tell me what you have. You know how to get a hold of me. Uh Matt Turner OF on Instagram and or the Twitter. Okay, before we wrap this episode up, I want to preview the absolutely solid solid pay-per-view stardom x stardom that will take place this sunday so let me just pull up the card we have two four six eight matches that as as of this recording are announced so let me go through them i will give you my prediction um i'm just gonna say this whether this is the match order or not i don't know match number one for the future of stardom champion we see hana who's just absolutely killing it in the five star even with zero points she's doing a fantastic job going up against miyu amasaki would Not be shocked to see a title change here, uh, just maybe to get the future belt off off, off Hana, and then maybe she goes on a tear and wins maybe a couple matches over there in the uh, Blue Stars block match. But I'm gonna say no, I'm gonna say the belt stays on Hana, and maybe just piggybacking off the momentum that she has going, uh, you know, from her fantastic matches in the five star. But I, I'm really looking forward to this match, I think this match will be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and they're doing a really good job building me you up in the series of tag matches that she's had. <clears throat> match number two. Probably the match I'm looking forward to the least, but I'm also kind of really looking forward to it. The oedo type team of, of Rina and Ruaka versus Julia and Mai Sakurai, also known as Oh My Julia, my new favorite tag team. And probably the reason why I am looking forward to it is we've seen Julia. She does a really good job giving the younger members of the Stardom roster a lot of offense, uh, making them look good. We saw in her new blood match with Miyu. I just watched it just a little bit ago. Um, obviously, again, I'm not reviewing it just because it's not a full show. Uh, her match with Hana on night seven of the five stars, she does a really good job, you know, making Hana, who already does look really good, making her look better. So I'm excited to see, you know, what Julia's going to do with the uh, with Ruaka and Rina here. And then again, I'm loving just uh, the tag team stuff between Julia and May Sakurai. Again, my bar for this one is the lowest out of all the eight matches, but I still think it's going to be really good. That's how stacked this card is. And I see uh, Oh My Julia taking the win here. Match number three. This match I'm so excited for. Momokogo, Mayu Iwatani, and Sayida rep- re- representing stars. Going up against the team representing Queen's Quest. Lady C, Yutami Aishista, and Azumi. We all know that doesn't matter what members of Queen's Quest are in the ring. They're going to do fantastic double and triple team moves. Obviously, Yutami and Azumi have some really, really good chemistry together. Lady C is really, really coming into her own. And you know you're going to see a chop fest between Lady C and Sayida. Momo Kogo has been doing some fantastic work these last three or four months. Uh, and Mayu Iwatami, she's Mayu. So, I mean, obviously we're going to see Mayu mix it up with Izumi. We're going to see Mayu mix it up with Utami. I think this is going to be an absolute solid match. Flip a coin on this one. I'm going to say... Now, the only person that's not in the five starts in this match is Lady C. So I can see Lady C eating the fall. But I'm going to say Queen's Quest takes this one. But that's like that's kind of a toss-up. I'm going to say Queen's Quest uh, gets the victory here, maybe with Utami pimming momo kogo so i'm really not sure but i think that's going to be a fantastic match speaking of a fantastic match boy this is a match that i was just hoping that we would see in the fall in the gods of stardom tournament but stardom said oh no matt turner we're going to give it to you on stardom x stardom 2022 live on pay-per-view as we will see the god's eye team of mirai and Amisori, the former number one contenders going against the donald del mundo and former Goddesses, Artem champions, uh, Micah and Himika. We don't get to see Micah and Himika team up in straight tags that much. Obviously, we've seen them have singles titles matches uh, this year against Sae Kamatani and Shuri, respectively. And we've seen them on six-person, eight-person tag matches and elimination matches. But not enough just straight-up tag matches. And this is going to be fantastic. This is going to be hard-hitting. This is going to be a lot of big bumps. You're going to see a lot of psychology laced in here and a lot of lariats lot of lariats army Sorry good. does a really good job throwing that uh low angle lariat mariah obviously the left-handed lariat she's been using the left-handed lariat to the back of the neck uh quite a bit as well and then obviously mike and Himika have you know uh they do great jobs with the uh the double lariats um and the lariat sandwich i'm going to say i know this is cheating but it is my podcast i'm going to say my first pick on this one is time limit draw my second pick is mike and him p- picking up the win uh but it can this can go either way i just hope this thing gets like 10 11 minutes this whew, that's gonna be fantastic i'm so excited for this card i'm so excited for this card and the hits keep going coming up next match number five we have the artists of stardom championships as the champions starlight kid saki kashima and momo Watanabe representing the widow tide taking on the cosmic colors team of saki And Yunagi and Mina Shirakawa. Obviously, Mina and Yunagi, uh, along with Tam, had one of the longest reigns in the history of the RSRM champions. Saki, I'm really impressed by what she's doing in the 5-star. We get to see more Mina versus Momo. We get to see uh, Mina versus Starlight Kid in this one. Obviously, uh, Yunagi is doing a really good job in the 5-star as well. I expect her to shine. And the thing that excites me the most for this match is we will probably, fingers crossed, See some straight up tag stuff with Pink Kabuki versus Black Desire. So that's where uh, I'm really looking forward to it. But I see Saki cashing by getting the Kishigasai on Saki. Wow, how about that? Saki pinning Saki. But I definitely see the Artists of Stardom Champions uh, retaining here. Match number uh, six, Ko Ko main event, or Ko main event, as we will see the Artists of, excuse me, the Goddess of Stardom Champions, FWC, Hizuki, and Kogama. Taking on Natsupoy and Tam Nakano. I think a lot of people are saying that because of the run that Hazuki's on at this five star, not only in points but matches as well, that she's gonna get a big, big push coming off the five star. I totally agree. I hope they don't break her and Koguma up. Um I'm kinda of, you know, jumping the shark here. I think Tam and Natsupoi are gonna win the titles here. I wouldn't be shocked if it goes the other way. This is kind of like I'm maybe like sixty percent sure that we're going to see new champions here. So not, you know, not 100% confidence or not 90% confidence. Like I said, 60. So I think this match is going to be absolutely fantastic, though. With the Hazuki, Tam, I mean, just the double team stuff they're going to do, Hazuki and Tam. We just saw Hazuki and Natsupoy have a fantastic match, uh, Hazuki and Tam. Uh, We saw Tam can go high speed. So it'd be nice to see maybe uh, Tam and, uh, you know, the Cosmic Angel Tam and the Bear uh, Koguma do some high speed stuff to start i think this is gonna be absolutely fantastic one of the best tag matches we'll probably see all year but i do see new tag champs happening i do see hazuki getting a big singles push uh, at the end of this year going next year but i hope this her and koguma still team up you know from time to time you know and if they're in the goddess of stardom uh, uh, tournament and you can have them go far in the tournament you know even the uh you know even have them go to the finals and then if you ever want to do a rematch and run it back or just do a uh, black desire versus fwc match because we still have the you know they're one-on-one we sell the rubber match so again really really looking forward to that okay so now we go on to what i guess is the co-main event and i've said on this podcast before and i don't know a lot of people agree with me that i think this should be the main event and it just might just because of the heat that it has going into it And it is the most anticipated match in stardom probably all, all year they did a really good job building this up ever since kari came back she said hey you know that white belt i'm the one that really kind of made it famous you have it now you know to say kamitani and, uh, and Kari even put Saya over saying, you know, I thought that belt was going to make you, but you made the belt. So uh, I guess the co-main event for the Wonder of Stardom champion, Saya Kamatani defending against Kari. A lot of people, I've seen a lot of polls, a lot of people saying Kari is going to win here. This is the toughest match for me to predict, but I'm going to disagree with the masses here. I'm, I think it's, it will mean more for Saya Kamatani to beat Kari. I think Kari's already made. I think Kari, if she loses here, that she can always get a little, maybe a little more steam behind her and maybe challenge for the red belt. Again, I would not be shocked at all if Kari wins here, but I'm going to say Saya Kamatani retains, and I think Saya will lose the white belt either at the end of this year or at the first big show of next year, maybe the anniversary show, to Hazuki. I think Hazuki is, you got to keep in mind here, Saya Kamatani is having this legendary, legendary reign with the Wonder of Stardom championship. If her reign ends this Sunday, you can make an argument that she's the greatest Wonder of Stardom champion of all time. To me, it's Momo, but Sai is right there. I mean, she is right there. So I don't, I think that you would need some, you, for someone to end Sai's reign, It would have to be somebody that's kind of coming up the ladder. Um, not an established star by Kali Kari, but at the same time, if you have somebody that's been, ever since she came back to stardom, she's just putting on one banger after another even though she's only had one singles match. But again, I a lot of people think that Kari's taking the belt. I, I, I disagree, but we we will see. I think this will definitely be another match of the year contender. Saya Kamatani, I think that uh, when Kari, when this match is over, we're going to look back at this as one of Kari's best matches she's had in, you know, three, four, five years. Uh, I mean, Taya's just on an absolute roll, absolute roll. And we move on to, I guess, what will be the main event. Uh, it's a very predictable match, but to me, I don't care. I know. I don't care. We have the World of Stardom champion, Shuri, defending against the Nai Takahashi, the uh, former champion and former five-star winner. This is going to be hard-hitting. This is going to be, here's the finish. Go out there, hit hard, apologize later. This match is going to be right up my alley. Just two fantastic warriors going out there, just beating the bejesus out of each other. I'm a big fan of all forms of wrestling, but the hard-hitting, no BS wrestling is what we're going to get in this match. And I totally see Sherry winning and I'm hoping maybe she wins with like a, she chokes her out or something. Like she wins with like a devastating finish to really, really, you know, uh, drive home just how good she is. So uh, this is another match that's just like, you know, we're talking about Sai and Kari being probably the match of the night or the tag title match. But wouldn't be shocked that this one is like, you know, tips a lot of scales for people saying, no, no, this was the best match because it's going to be so brutal, you know, violently brutal finally beautiful you know in the best way so really really looking forward uh to that show and that's about it folks you know we're a little over an hour that's kind of like what i like to go at so uh next week's show i'm assuming is going to go probably about well over it's definitely going to go well over an hour just because i we have to review two nights of this fantastic five star and the loaded pay-per-view so i'm just going to get some plugs and get up on out of here first plug I just got to uh, put over Rob Goodwin, the OG, the godfather of this podcast, his new book, The Monday Night Wars, 1995. I was able to peruse through about 60, 70% of it. It is fantastic. If you liked his first book, and why wouldn't you? The uh, Stardom 10-year anniversary book is very, very similar to that. I grew up um, in the Monday Night Wars. I was uh, 13, 14 when they started. so I remember going over to my buddy Joe's house uh, in his basement. He had two rooms. One room we would watch Nitro, one room we would watch Raw, so we'd go back and forth. So this did a good job taking me down memory lane. rod does a phenomenal job writing this book, so I can't recommend that enough. Um, Also, I just got in the mail yesterday, I put on social media, my 20th anniversary uh, t-shirts. If you do listen to this podcast, I will ship them out free. I will take care of the shipping. I will eat the shipping. If you are a Patreon of this podcast, let me know, and uh, I will take 50% off and do free shipping as well. So just uh, let me, if you, and that's, hey, if you're thinking about being a member of the Patreon, sign up and then hit me up and say, hey, I just signed up for the Patreon. Ship me a shirt for half off. I have them in most sizes. Uh, they come in the background colors of black and white, and they are basically an homage. My man, Alex Sanchez, IDW artist, basically did an homage of Tales from Sus- Suspense, the first appearance of Iron Man. And if there's any other shirts or anything else that you want, um, just let me know. Uh, you need pictures of anything, most of it is up on my social media. You know, the Dream Match Volume 1. Where blue and gold take on the holy demon army and dream match number two, the, show, the shirt that I've shipped pretty much all over the, the world. Um, where blue and gold take on the greatest starting pack team of all time, Io Shirai and Mayu Iwatani of Thunder Rock. So again, thank everyone for the support. Uh, the Hanamara episode for the Patreon members, the white belt and red belt tier members, just dropped about a week ago. I'm getting phenomenal responses from from that. Uh, the Tony Storm 2017 five-star run will be dropped. Um, I'm just about getting the finishing touches of that. You will get that by the end of the month. And this Monday, our watch along for the red belt to your Patreon members. We go back to 2015, the finals of the five-star Grand Prix. Kari Sane versus um, Hudson Enby. So that is, uh, that's what's coming out for our Patreon members. So again, I appreciate everybody for the, their support. I appreciate everybody who's written a review. If you're having a review, go on, uh, go on to the, wherever you get your podcast. The a little five stars up there that helps me out in the algorithm. Um, You know, write down what you like, what you don't like, what we can improve on. And again, if you need to get a hold of me, any questions, comments, any matches you want to see me review or do a watch along for the red belt to your Patreon members, let me know Matt Turner on Instagram and the Twitter. Uh, Again, guys, I can't thank you enough for all the support. Um, I was just looking at the, uh, the numbers the other day and the podcast is growing leads and bounds with every episode. So, it's really humbling to me so i greatly greatly appreciate it and uh, anything that you guys need from me please let me know like i said drop me a line let me know what your top five matches from this five star grand prix is and let me know give me your predictions on this absolutely stacked stardom x stardom 2022 show Is so uh that's it that's it for me to, for this week we got a lot going on next week so appreciate you hanging in there with me for this hour plus show remember folks we're all in this together And everybody's different. Everybody's special. Have a great day. Great night. Remember your uncle, Matt Turner. He loves you. Bye-bye.